Hey everybody, my name is Dan Taylor. Thank you for being here. I am the campus pastor here at Gateway, and I have a, a brief word for you this Boxing Day. And and uh, as we're all at home, I hope that you are warm. I hope that you are with some people who love you. I hope that you are full of whatever foods you want to be full of. And uh, and as we gather, I just uh, want us to, to fill up on God's Word as well. So I'm going to pray briefly, uh, and you can pray with me at home, and we will get our hearts and our minds right to uh, listen to God's Word. So... God, I just thank you that even in this weird pre-taped atmosphere that, that your word becomes clear, that, that your Holy Spirit speaks, and that as we get ready to go into this new year with our families, that, that we would hear your word speak to us about who you are calling us to be uh, now and in uh, 2022. So be with us, and we ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. So I want to talk today a little bit about a story from Jesus' life that happened right after a holiday. This was when he was about 12 years old. It's also from Luke chapter 2, if you want to read forward. But in this story in Luke chapter 2, Jesus and his family go to Jerusalem for the Passover. And this was a very common thing for the people of Israel to do. Everyone in the nation of Israel was commanded to do this, to make a trip to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. And people would plan all year for this. And by this time, Joseph and Mary and Jesus and his brothers and sisters were all living back in Nazareth. So they would have undertaken the over 100-kilometer walk from Nazareth to Jerusalem for the Passover. And then they would have been in Jerusalem for the entire Passover, doing what most humans anywhere around the world do when there is a celebration. They would have eaten too much food. They would have gathered with friends and family, and they also would have worshipped God, which is what they came to do and, and remembered the way that God had saved their people in the past. So they go for this, and, and, and when the Passover is over, they all start to walk back. And we're not just talking one family. We're talking about entire caravans of people, cousins and, and, and nephews and uncles and, and, and people from your hometown, an entire procession of people just walking back from Jerusalem to Nazareth. Well, the Bible tells us is after about a day of this, because they were in such a big procession, after a day, Mary and Joseph start to notice that Jesus isn't with them. So they start asking their neighbors and their cousins and their uncles and their friends and people who were with them, like, have you seen Jesus? Was Jesus with you? Did he, Jesus, where has Jesus been? And they couldn't find him no matter where they went. And after so they had already gone a day's journey, and then they had to turn around, and they had to go back to Jerusalem. And by this time, as you can imagine, Jesus is about 12 years old. You can imagine that his parents must be frantic, and that strange combination of, of, of both furious and terrified that happens as a parent when you can't find your child. And they walk back to the, through the entire procession of people asking for Jesus the whole way. And then when they arrive in Jerusalem, they begin to do it again. Have you seen Jesus? They're tracing their steps. They're tracing his steps. They're trying to find where Jesus is till finally they track Jesus down. And Jesus has been in the temple. And Jesus has been hanging out with the, with the teachers of the law and the Levites in the temple. And he's talking theology. And and everyone around is astounded by the wisdom of Jesus' answers. This, this 12-year-old boy who was speaking so eloquently and wisely about the nature of God and his word and the way that he works with people. And this is where Mary and Joseph 
find him, which which kind of puts them in a bind because, like, they want to be furious. I'm sure that they just want to grab him by the arm and shake him, which is what I would want to do at that point. And and Mary says to Jesus, how could you do this to us? Did you think about it? What, what are you doing here? And then Jesus says something, which is very difficult to interpret as uh, contemporary readers because we don't have tone. Because what Jesus says to his mother, when she says, like, why did you do this? Where have you been? Jesus says to his mother as a 12-year-old boy, well, didn't you know that I was going to be at my father's house? Now, I put a tone on that as a parent. Um, I would have a lot of difficulty with Jesus at that moment in time. If I'm going to be honest, and one of my children did the same thing and said, like, well, didn't you know that I was going to be at the church talking theology with Pastor Martin? Then I would probably shake them very hard right that, that, right at that moment. And I'm sure that internally both Mary and Joseph wanted to do that, but what Mary and Joseph did do was that they marveled at these things. And they took Jesus back home. They didn't let him stay there. And they marveled at his, at his wisdom. And, and the Bible says something very interesting. It says that Jesus began to grow in stature before both God and men. Now, one of the things that we need to understand about stories in the Bible is that not all of them are prescriptive. This is not a thing that you're supposed to do. Jesus did this. This is, a, this is a descriptive passage. It describes what Jesus did. And I don't want any of the children who are listening right now to think that they can just come to the church and talk theology with us all day long without telling your parents. Like, if you ask your parents, then maybe we're okay. But you're going to have to go home at night. We're not going to let you. We're not going to be here. But you're not. But so this isn't a thing that you're supposed to do. But it does describe how Jesus operated. And I find that phrase that the Bible uses at the end of the passage in Luke 2, it's the last verse in Luke 2, where it says that Jesus grew in stature before both God and people. And that's interesting for us because we've kind of been taught, or I've been taught most of my life, that, that you can't be in favor with both God and people. But those things are opposites. If you're going to be in favor with God, then you have to be in some ways at odds with the people around you. And if you're in community and, 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 and if the people around you like you, then you must be at odds with God's will for your life. That, and what I was kind of brought up with is that, that we as church folk were supposed to keep ourselves separate from the world. We were supposed to kind of hide off in a corner and, and it didn't matter what they thought of us, that, that we were trying to please God. And there's an element to that that was good. But there's an element to that that really missed the point. Because what we see Jesus, as he in his wisdom, as he in his being raised by the Holy Spirit and by his earthly parents, he grows in stature with both God and with people. And we find this all over the New Testament, that there's this expectation that, that when the people of God are mature, that we are going to be in favor with both God and people. Now, obviously, if we're, if we're faced with a choice, do we obey the ways of the world or do we obey the ways of God? Of course we're going to obey God. If we're forced into a corner where we, where we have to choose between loving the world and the ways of this world and, and being in an allegiance to God and the kingdom that he is bringing, of course we are going to choose God and his kingdom. But the Bible says in First Peter chapter 2 Peter tells the people that are reading his book inspired by the Holy Spirit he says he says live such good lives amongst the Gentiles the people that don't know God live such good lives amongst the Gentiles though they accuse you of doing wrong they will see your good deeds and praise your father in heaven on the day he visits us 
This is an interesting thing because Peter essentially echoes what Luke tells us Jesus did as he grew up. He says, hey, everybody, you should be growing in stature with both God and people. That, that even though people think that you're weird and people think that you're nuts and people think that there's, there's something about you is out of step with the world around, that they see your good deeds, and when things become clear, they glorify God for it. It's an interesting place to be, and, and it's an especially interesting thing to talk about this this time of year because it's december 26th and speaking specifically to the kids uh not to the adults right now but speaking specifically to the kids um you might notice over the next couple of weeks the adults in your life start to act weird okay so in about a week or so all of a sudden you might notice that the adults in your life start waking up early and exercising in the morning and they didn't do that beforehand and you might notice that they're that they're trying to make you eat a bunch of different weird recipes that you hadn't eaten before. And and all of the, 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 the chicken nuggets and the french fries and all the things that you used to love to eat, not, we're not eating those right now. And you're going to spend the month of January like just eating boiled vegetables and, and the things that you don't like. And that might happen. I hope it doesn't, but it might happen. And if that's happening in your life, it's okay. Your parents are just doing a weird ritual that we do every year which is they're, they're trying to change their life with a New Year's resolution. And I just want to let you know that if your parents are weird like that, it's probably going to last about six weeks, okay? So you just got to deal with it for six weeks, and then it's going to be back to normal. But I want to speak to the parents right now. If you're in this place where you're, again, like a lot of us, wondering, how am I supposed to be different in 2022 than I was in 2021? How am I supposed to be growing in my faith and becoming mature over the next year? How am I supposed to be different this, this coming year than I was the last year? I want to say that that desire is a good thing. As much as I'm making fun of New Year's resolutions a little bit and having a little bit of fun with it, that is a thing to applaud. We should applaud in each other the desire to change. But I want to encourage you maybe in addition to the, the, the weird boiled vegetables that you're going to spend all January eating and, and, and the new uh, bicycle that you bought that's probably going to become a coat rack fairly soon, I would like you to, in, in addition, think about what would it look like for us as people, as a church, as followers of Jesus, as families, to grow in stature before both God and people. And thankfully... We don't have to be alone in how we do this. The Bible has given us guidance in, in what it looks like for us to grow in stature before both God and people. In the book of uh, Colossians, Paul writes something really, really interesting. And Paul does this in a lot of his books. He's got very similar lists all over it. Um, but there's something really interesting that Paul says to the people, uh, the churches who live in, uh, in uh, Colossae, and when he's talking to them about change and transformation, and he says this in chapter 3, he says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on the things of this earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. So put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In all these you once walked and you were living with them, but now you must put them away. 
to put away all anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Jew or Greek, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you must also forgive. And above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in peace and harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule your hearts, which indeed you were called to one body, and be thankful but the word of christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and with thankfulness in your hearts to god and whatever you do in word or deed do everything in the name of the lord jesus giving thanks to god the father through him so that desire that we have for transformation that made us buy the bicycle that that that, that made us try an, a, a new diet that is that is making us want to be different in the next year that's a good desire that came from god but rather than just doing earthly things like changing our diet changing our food changing our schedules maybe we should think about trying to to put away the things that god has told us to put away and adding on the things that god has told us to add on and thankfully with the help of Pastor Darian, we have made a checklist for you guys. And I'm going to have this as well. You can go to gateway.ac slash checklist, and you can print this off and put it on your fridge for your whole family to use together. And on this is a, a, a checklist of things to put away. And the Bible tells us to put away greed, the desire to have more than we need. It says put away anger, that 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 that. that angry feeling that has that we have inside us when we don't get something that we want to put away rage those outbursts that we have where we just snap because things aren't the way that we want them to be to put away meanness that desire that we have to make ourselves feel big by making other people feel small to put away lying just, just to tell the truth to let our yes be yes and our no be no and tell the truth to get rid of cruddy thoughts I said cruddy thoughts there because it talks about sexual immorality, but it's not just sexual, sexual immorality. It's all of those thoughts in our heads that keep us tied to who we used to be. That, that, those times when, when we're sitting on just a calm day and, we, and then all of a sudden we start to think about somebody who made us angry about something that happened in, in 2014. And you have that thought in your head, and all of a sudden you're back in 2014 again, and you're angry at that person again. And you're, and you're living through all of that time that you had where that person cut you off in the Tim Hortons line. And how dare they? And you're right, but it's a cruddy thought that is ruining your moment now, and we should put those away and focus on the things that God is giving us. And also, put away abusive words. Words can really hurt people. And if we know as followers of Jesus, that, that God has made words and imbued them with power, then maybe we should think about the words that we use and how they have an emotional effect on other people. And when people ask us to use certain words or to not use certain words because they make them feel bad, then maybe we should listen to them. So those are our list of things that we want to put away, but there's also a th list of things that, that God has asked us to put on. And, and that's compassion. Being able to see that that someone who is in pain is just as much of a human as you are and deserves to be treated the same way that you are. So we 
ought to do what we can to try and help everyone be treated as we would like to be treated. Kindness. To treat people with gently and, 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 and the way that, that, again, that they would like to be treated. Humility. Humility, which isn't to, to think less of ourselves, but to just think of ourselves less. To not be so consumed with the idea that we need to constantly be advancing, that we need to be at the front of the line, that we need to be at the top of the class, but rather just allowing the work that we do and the good that we do to show through and thinking about ourselves less. To put on gentleness, that we go out of our way to not hurt one another. Sometimes in in the world in which we live, we end up hurting people, whether we like it or not. Sometimes we hurt people unintentionally. But as much as, as it is in our power to take that time and deal with each other, especially in our family, and especially those who are close to us, to be gentle with them and to assume the best of them, to, to put on endurance, to be tough when, you, when it's time to be tough, to not quit just because things are hard, to just not quit because, uh, because things are difficult, but to push through that barrier so that, so that the, the exercise bike that you buy does not become a coat rack, but, but you endure and you put on endurance and you make sure that you're using that thing to be the best steward that you can possibly be of the body that God has given you. Let's, be in, let, let's put on endurance this year. Let's also put on forgiveness where we recognize that, that just as, as people have wronged us and hurt us very deeply in ways that we're aware of and in ways that we're not aware of, that, that we've also done the same to others. And as, and as Jesus has forgiven us our sins, that, that we in turn forgive the sins of others. Forgiveness isn't an easy thing. Forgiveness is hard work. But to add on that work and say we are strong enough and we are equipped enough in the Holy Spirit to do the work of forgiveness is going to help us to grow in favor with both God and with other people. Above all this, to put on love. And what's interesting about love is that you don't really manufacture love. You don't start with love. I find this interesting that, that Paul always puts love as the last thing. Because love is what you end up feeling after you've been gentle with someone, after you've forgiven someone. After you think less of yourself, uh, think of yourself less rather than, rather than thinking of yourself more and constantly being consumed by your own desires, then love appears because that's what happens when we do the things that God has called us to do. We find ourselves operating in rhythm with what God wants and we find ourselves being filled with joy and with love for the world. And the very last one is an interesting one because it's the biggest tool that we've got. Because it says to put on thankfulness. And that's a, thankfulness is ultimately a habit. As much as it's a feeling, it's just a habit of recognizing all of the things that we've been given by God, all of the things that we've been given by other people, and all of the ways that we've been blessed. And even if you're in the middle of the hardest time, even if you're in the middle of pain, even if you're in the middle of a struggle that, that you don't feel like you're ever going to get to the end of, there is something to be thankful for, even if it's only the next breath that fills your lungs. So we made this, and if you want to print it off, this might give some words to help you and your whole family grow this year, to grow in stature before both God and people the way that God intended us to grow, growing in, in love, growing in joy, growing in peace, and growing in, in our ability to get along with one another. There's an interesting thing that Jesus says 
as he ends his ministry before he goes to the cross he gathers his disciples together and he's praying for them and and one of the things that he says that i found so interesting is he he says to them they will know that you follow me by your love for one another the only way that we see love is through gentleness and kindness and faithfulness and endurance and all of those add-ons that we talked about so what if this year we made it a goal as our families and as you crew of whoever you are in the room that love each other if you just made a decision to ask God to to help you to grow in stature before both God and men by putting away the things that are hurting you the things that are tying you down and the things that are killing you and adding on the things that will help us to grow and give us life let's pray together God we thank you that you've put in us a desire to change a desire to be different than we were before we thank you that you've put in us a desire to grow beyond what we've come from and grow into what you have called us to be and we ask that as we head into a new year in in 2022 that you would equip us to grow in stature before both God and people by living such good lives the life that you have called us to live that we would follow you that we would be thankful that we would be gentle that we would be kind that we would be humble and that we would put away all of those things that tie us down and 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 keep us from experiencing the fullness of your life and your joy i just pray that you would help us to do that as a family i I pray that we would talk about these things together and ask ourselves the questions about how are we doing at this how are we growing in gratitude and gentleness and gratefulness I thank you for the everyone who is watching this, God, and I pray that you would equip them and that they would experience your blessing now and in the year to come. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So I want to thank you guys for spending some time with us uh, on this Boxing Day morning. Uh, again, I hope that you are with people that love you, and, uh, and I pray that you experience ultimately the love that comes from Jesus which frees you up to live the life that he has called you to live now and for eternity. Thanks so much, guys. Have a good holiday.